Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is your host, Lorraine Nightheart, and you have reached Venus Unplugged. And uh, what I do here is speak extemporaneously about the archetype of Venus, Psyche, Eros, um, not only Venus as a planetary uh, influence, but as an archetype of uh, of our world, of our psyche, a very underestimated archetype and one that we uh, don't understand enough. We just think it's all about love and what we're going to get or what we're going to give, but it's so much more. So what I am attempting to do here for the last couple of years is about creating inspiration uh, for new myths, exploring the old ones and fairy tales and certainly the work of Jung and uh, also through my own uh, clairvoyant talents. Uh, But we need to be able to enter the realm of Venus and psyche and myth. And that's a path. It's just, it's not like, yo, I want this and here it is. So that's what's going on here. And in case you haven't noticed, you know, the world is uh, hanging by a very thin thread. And that thread is psyche. Now, for those of you who uh, know the myth of of, um, Psyche and Eros, Aphrodite or Venus, is also known as Venus, initiated Psyche. And that's a very important distinction. Aphrodite, the archetype of Venus, influenced and trained and initiated psyche into becoming. Now, psyche is also soul. And what we've been looking at here is um, ion, which is uh, one of Christ. Uh, one of Christ, listen to me. Okay, there was my, there was my Jungian truth slipping right out, slipping right there. I guess that is my belief, okay, so that on some level, the work of Jung um, is, um, has to do with the evolution of Christ consciousness. Now, the Christ in what I'm talking about has to do with uh, the symbolic self with capital S, S S-E-L-F, the true self. So when the self, when there's an integration or an individuation, which is what Jung refers to as wholeness, of of uh, anima and animus and shadow and ego and we start to see the players on this chess game of life. That al- that alignment allows the self, the true self, the divine, the Christ consciousness, or you know, Buddhic or whatever you want to call it, access the wheels start working and perception changes. Now, why are we doing this? To have a brighter smile? Well, that may be part of it, but it is because we are here. I mean, here, right now, in this time in history, to create new myths. Because the myth of the hero 
is no longer the residing myth that is going to help evolve. And that's also part of why everything is happening right now, that we are hanging on this thread, and this thread is psyche, and psyche knows. So I was, um, well, I attempted to read the Red Book several hundred times. And I, I get through it, but it's it's like really intense. But also, you know, um, Tolkien wrote a Red Book, too. Not the same as Jung. So, you know, just, just dropping that bomb in the middle of your morning uh, to go exploring uh, Jung's Red Book and Tolkien's Red Book, because uh, what's going to happen, and, you know, if we look back 500 years from now, I suspect that these two people, these two men, you know, started with the beginning of our mythic change, the retelling of the story, because it's not a hero's journey, it's, but it is, it is about discovery, because they did enter realms, I think, literally. As a matter of fact, I can say I know it. Because from my own experience, you can enter these realms. Then you're not quite the same for the next seven years, but um, you can uh, start figuring it out. So this is part of what Venus Unplugged is about. Inspiration to begin to rewrite the mythos of our time. So hopefully a star is shining on our meeting today, and you will be inspired now, the uh, archetype of Christ, okay, the way it's presented in the Christian religion, it's only half of an archetype from a psychological point of view. Uh, you know, the, the part of the great distortion of, uh, of our own individuation process uh, is uh, we don't uh, accept, you know, we only want to be good, and that's probably pretty dangerous because without being able to accept that the the full archetype is Christ slash Lucifer or the Antichrist or whatever, you know, don't let that scare you. Hold that tension. What is that about? Because the way it's presented uh, or or how the the early uh, religious fathers um, Branded Christ. Okay, it's, it's only half of. Uh, they, they separated. Christ was only good, and the devil was only evil, which means man gets to carry it. But what it really means is is, is that 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 Christ Lucifer is is the whole, and not taking these literally taking this creatively in in works of art if you see, if you're let's say doing a sculpture is the back better than the front or the left better than the right no it's the other side so when there's not a lot of judgment and we can just start observing we see that there can never be form without shadow and light and there certainly can never be form within uh, in us so by this um, omission, and heaven knows we've got a shitload of commission and omission going on in our society right now, and uh, that needs to be corrected and taken responsibility for. Okay, so evil is 
deprived of its substance by the idea uh, that it's you know a mere accident it's an, or, or or the belief that it's it's a, an absence of good oh no evil is an absence of good in the metaphysical world that's not true so we we set up a dynamic that all good belongs to God and all evil to man. We can't carry that. We're not strong enough to carry that. It's also not true. We carry it in the shadow. Now I have to remember, you know, psyche is is billions, trillions, godzillions of years old and is also connected to the collective unconscious. So it is time to start uh, being able to create with the concept of uh, shadow and light as the whole of the archetype. So this takes a lot of thought before you respond and it's like, well, does that mean, you know, good is, because uh, uh, people like to play this mind game, you know, does that make evil good? No, 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 no. It's it's like the yin and the yang. If you, if you see it as that. So the psychological law that was overlooked was shadow and light. Christ, Lucifer, above, below. So being able to move into that so we can begin to create the myths of our time because we need to rewrite this and relive this. And when I, I don't necessarily mean literally rewrite, but that would be a good start to tell you know, how do myths begin. Well, I think one of it is going to be through the Red Book and and certainly uh, Tolkien's Red Book. So, this self within ourselves, we all have a self. We're born of a self. From a psychological, not metaphysical, psychological angle, is uh, it's it's always being crucified just as in the, the, the symbol. And, you know, the Antichrist is always being crucified by good. Good cruci- You know, it goes on, and it just just start feeling your way through. Just make believe you never even had the concept of judgment or this is good and this is bad. Um, and just play with these colors or words. And begin to feel and be able to contain and see. Because if we can't, you know, we, we are in big trouble, people. Really big trouble. Um, and it's for those who are capable of imagining <coughs> new ways, new possibilities. It is your responsibility. To re-image of how it could be. So you know the ego is, is always being crucified. 
between the opposites. And that's just the, what it is constantly happening. The shadow and the light. And the ego gets, uh, you know, that, that's the whole... Being able to hold the tension of the opposites. Hold Christ, Lucifer. Just hold them together. Don't split apart. Oh, this is good or this is better. Oh, I better not think that. Or, oh, oh, no. Yes. Both. And being able to give yourself the time uh, and the psychological imaginings or asking, a, you know, at night in a dream to, to give and teach in dreams. Now, even if you don't remember your dreams, it doesn't matter. You still have been influenced. Because that's something that can be developed over time. Or if you do active imagination, it all comes from the same image-creating aspect of every human being. So whether we create the image of evil or the image of good, we are still image-making. We have created images of religions and are running off killing one another by our images. You know, it's like shadow boxing, only it's with the bombs. <clears throat> and now, when we begin to recognize, how did all of this start? Which is always a good thing to be thinking about. You know, in, in the early church fathers, there was an assumption that just went haywire. Uh, and let's just say, with with the example that you know that. The basic flaw in in St. Basil's argument, and the argument is that you're assuming from the beginning what you want to prove in the end, uh, is this the old church fathers were were just saying, well, that, no, 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 you know. Uh, Evil is, um, you know, uh, just the absence of good. I mean, if you really... Feel your way through on that one. That falls a little flat in terms of images. Oh, oh no, that doesn't exist. That's just the absence. I didn't see that. So that, so that I can't comprehend the shadow of of uh, just like we can't see our, our, our blind spot, right? It's, we know it's there because believe me, your enemy knows where your blind spot is and it's going to come right for you, which is why we need to understand our shadow. I don't know if I'm weak in one area uh, and abandon that aspect of myself, you know, um, sitting duck or swan, if it's more Venusian, or dove. And uh, so, you know, start Start to re-image, being able to allow your imaginations, which is where, where which is a very because our imagination is the thing that's doing all the mire or the projection. So we can also start living the new, bringing in not the hero's journey of overcoming darkness and evil and dragons, but integration of. Which is different. 
So we can start to understand that, you know, the, the early teachings left out, guess what, left out the shadow aspect of Christ. So Christ really uh, is only half of the archetype. And since he's a symbol of uh, the self, we're, we're only one-sided. And we need to have both. And so this is part of, you know, what I'm looking at now. How did all this distortion start? What is this about? Well, let's just say, you know, if we only want to be good, um, and you do good, but you reject the opposite, other unsuspecting people have to carry what you disown. Oh, no, I'm the good person. That person is, well, not necessarily. What is really going on here? Which is, I think, the most important work we can possibly do is withdrawing our shadow and being able to say, you know, I'm capable. I won't do it, but I am capable. We need to be able to start to understand what is happening. So if we're disowned, our shadow, and let's say somebody's walking by or somebody is, is, uh, you know, psychotic or, you know, open, porous, or they, they believe that they are bad, so our disowned shadow, they've got to carry so it's bad enough that the, you know they're wounded and feel that they're bad because that's what shaming is. Shaming doesn't say you've sinned. Shaming says you are the sin. You are the badness. Not whoops, shot the arrow and missed the mark, which is what sin really means. The etymology of sin is it's an archery term. You're a bad shot. Correct it. And I think it's an incredible image because, you know, projection. Is, if we, we use that analogy of sin, we, we project our own shadow onto another. We're missing the mark. We're not seeing. Oh, oh I wonder where that lives in me. Now, that doesn't mean you're living it out. But it does mean... That you, 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 it's in your Crayola box, and that keeps one very humble and related to the earth, because that's where we belong. Here in Earth, you know, tripping over one another and trying to understand this principle of love that is ruled by Aphrodite and Venus. Um, so. When we become deeply responsible or we dial up our moral compass, which definitely needs to be done, we we begin to understand shadow and light. Uh, the denial of doesn't dispel the shadow by creating an you know we create an imbalance in shadow and light. Now let's say on the other side. 
when we're doing something good, kind, or generous. We need to become conscious. Is my goodness going to provoke envy in the other person, and that's going to make them suffer? Because sometimes you want to do something good, and, and, and you do, and but you, let's say you can't solve the whole problem, but you contribute to helping. And very often that will be received with envy. Well, if you gave me uh, one apple, why didn't you give me the whole barrel of apples, says envy. It's always going on whether you like it or not. It's being able to not look at it directly because in the you know mythology it's like we reflect you cannot look at evil directly because you will turn to snakes and stones uh but so this is very important if you give to a very envious person you just stirred up some serious black magic whether you know it or not We need to recognize what we, and we cannot recognize if we don't know, or at least, at least intellectually know before we can feel it. Remember, we're living in this extroverted thinking country, and part of everything that's being thrown in our face is because people can't feel. So it's like the sins of omission and commission. It's like, oh, I didn't know. Well, no, you didn't name it, and now that it's named. Oh, it needs to be named? Oh. That's interesting. You couldn't feel your way through that and not care whether what it was named? But stand stand for what you believe in and maybe, okay, well, the truth of the matter, people are standing for what they believe in. They believe if I can get away with it, and as long as nobody names me or helps me accountable or the society doesn't hold one another accountable, um, I get away with it. Not really. But who, who wants to wait 500 years till the person meets themselves again as their own grandchild or something? Okay? Evil knows this. Evil is not a dumb force. It's an archetype. It's the other half. It knows, and it loves that evil is the absence of good. If you, if you, uh, what was it, the screw tape letters, where C.S. Lewis really goes at this one because it's you know it's a story of a training of a, of a young devil, and uh, when people just think they're so biased, uh, pious, they just go like, oh no, and well, I guess pious and bias do kind of go together. Um, uh, the the teaching devil goes like, no, 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 let them think they're marvelous. And, but meanwhile, secretly, they don't want to do this, and they're really meanies, but they're making me believe they're so good. And that's five points for us. So we're not naming. We're observing. These are creative forces. We won't have any form without shadow and light. So see it as a creative force to work with. And that when we're, when we're seeing what we're seeing, 
the sum total, what we're looking at is the end of the hero's myth. That's archetypally what we're looking at. We can name it whatever else we want to name it and tell whatever story we want to tell. But that's what's going on. And within that, the new version or the evolutionary version of a humanity that can hold shadow and light and not act out all over the place. That's what individuation is. I can see both of those within myself. And also not take on the projections of others. People can project all sorts of stuff on you. And if you know it's not true because you know your shadow or the shoe doesn't fit, as they say, uh, then, you know, the the thing is, how how are we going to muse or question ourselves? Somebody projects onto me. The first thing I do is I I give it all possibilities. I say, well, you know, is that true? Could it be true? How could it be true? Is it true from from known or the unknown? Uh, before I immediately, uh, you know, reject it, and sometimes I don't reject. It. I say, well, <coughs> there is truth. There is some truth in that. Maybe it's not, you know, all encompassing truth. There's a little touch of that. I can see that happening that way. Because that's what it gives us the individuation. Then we can say, oh, I, I, I can see that, or. No, it it can be, you know, actually, sorry, man, that that's just going to slip right away because that does not belong to me. That's, that's the projection of another. But it takes reflection. That's why we have creativity. It takes works of art. It takes, and, and works of play. Play is a very important meditation. Okay. So, as I said, evil knows uh, the the belief of, uh, you know, that it's the absence of good. Bullshit. It's evil, man. And, uh, and then it gets very, very dangerous because we, we, we're fed by such... It's a dangerous innocence, which is born of ignorance and born of our own unacknowledged other half, and also taught, because the early church fathers could not comprehend, because they hadn't evolved enough. And that's what they say, you know, there's always a, a, a messiah or a figure, an evolutionary figure that comes in usually 2,000 years before uh, the shift. And it, what is it the shift in? Humanity hasn't changed that much, in case you haven't noticed. But what does shift is the storytelling. That's what shifts, the mythos. So let's say what, what's happening in our, in our world right now. You know, if we know another person is being abused... 
in some form or another. And we do nothing. We're just as abusive. You may feel that, well, I'm just little and the world is big and I can't do anything about it. You can pray for person, or you can in some way help, or you can write an article, or you can, not a rant, you know, but a, because a, that's the other thing, it's Facebook and all this, just people just throwing crazy shit at one another, okay? That we must be part of all of this. This this is what's happening now. So if nobody names that, that it's rape, then it's not rape. Oh. But this horrible situation, it, this is just the beginning, man. This is just the beginning. But it, it's, in a strange way, these ogres are really making the society reflect. So there you can see this Luciferian energy is making, you know, holier than now. Oh, gee, I didn't know that was going on. No, pony up. That's the excitement. That's the retelling of the myth. Blaming doesn't exonerate. Blaming very often uh, just is projection for our own unacknowledged shadow stuff. So... And then there's the anima and the animus, which is really the the really tellers of the story. So create, be able to say, okay, what 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 would that look like? The individuation, if both were true, and I didn't choose one over the other. I this is a very hard thing to do. So, but and then start creating with it, retelling the story or certainly retelling the story. Let's say, okay, if you tend to worry, train yourself to turn the worry into pondering instead of worry. Gee, I wonder what this is about. Hmm, I could look that up. Or, you know, that that was reflected in that movie I saw. Or, wow, that work of art really inspired me. Something like that. Ponder. Don't wring your hands and 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 uh, lament when it's not necessary. I mean, there's a place for lamenting. Not getting our way is not lamenting. It's not a place for lamenting. We just didn't get our way. And most of the time, we don't get our way because there's there's a greater possibility that we don't even know about because we're living in shoes too small for our feet so there we have it and we will continue and uh cheek cheek bye bye